Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this day before Thanksgiving. Now, I do know you guys on Truth FM, Hope FM, on the Radio by Grace Network, you guys in Idaho and California, we are coming to you one week delayed, so... I hope, looking back, you had a great Thanksgiving, but today we're live on the Grace FM radio network, uh, listen, uh, live coming to you from the studios here in Aurora, Colorado. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And here's the thing. We've got a Thanksgiving banner service tonight. Here's how it works. Make a banner. Uh, you could do it on paper. You can do it on butcher paper. You can do it on poster board. Uh, and you don't even have to—Calvary doesn't have to be your home church— you come tonight, go stop by, uh, you know, the market, Costco, wherever, get a pre-cut or cut your pie, bring it in. We're going to worship together. We're going to have a small Devo. We're going to pray together. We're going to march through the sanctuary with our banners. We're going to thank God together. It's a fun time. We picked this up uh, from Calvary in Albuquerque. I was watching years ago, uh, seeing that, seeing what they did, and I'm like, wow. Uh, a, what a what a great way for a larger church to become smaller. Uh, and we've been doing it now 10 years. Unbelievable that we started this 10 years ago, uh, and we're going to do it tonight. So come on out. Calvary Church is right here on Hampton and Tower. And again, you don't need to be a part of our church to participate. If you're a part of the body of Christ, we want you to thank God. Uh, we want you to come and celebrate with us, uh, celebrate what you're thankful for. It's a great tradition to start with the kids uh, that you do together and sit around, just talk about what you're thankful for and launch into the holidays, not getting all swept up by it all, but launch into the holidays with a thankful heart. I'm going to be sharing a real brief Devo from Psalm 100. Uh, and there's so many great Psalms on the Thanksgiving of God. Um, and it is um, one of those that is significant uh, and really cool. So 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Um, would love to hear from you. Uh, I know the, the Lord is, uh, you know, the Lord is, ministering to us and growing us up in him together and you know we we sometimes you know right before the show uh, Kevin our car screener he was actually our station manager uh, he he said so what are you thankful for Ed and of course my immediate go-to was for well for Kevin Culpa uh, because God brought him to us at the right time actually many years ago when we were still meeting in the school and he uh, has been used in tremendous ways 
over the years, but now thinking about it where his his life is, is surrounding his passion, and that's radio and using radio. I remember, Kevin, is it, I do, you were at KRKS for a while, right? Yeah, I remember you doing editing, and um, that's back when I would fill in for Gino uh, and his show many years ago, and you were, um, you were there doing what you do here, working your tail off to, to bless the community. So uh, you'll be up front in the BEMA seat of the rewards. And we're gonna we're gonna say Kevin, and you can barely hear us because we'll be so far back. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, where are we? Let me. I hit the button before I saw the name. Uh, we're talking to Chris in Denver. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I thank you so much. Um, yes. Uh, my my question was well. Before I get to my question, I just wanted to. Uh, share, you know, you talk about being thankful. I was on Thanksgiving Day that I was on my knees and wow. uh, a pastor came up and put us on his hand on me and I was repenting my sin. And he says, do you mean it this time? And I said, yes. Mm. And I meant it from my heart and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm thankful for the cross. Yes. Jesus, where I'd be still dead in my sin and trespasses. Yes. So praise the Lord. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yes, my question was, uh, is there any significance in, uh, I don't have my Bible with me, but I believe it's Ezekiel chapter 47, when he was told to go into the, the, the water, you know, a thousand cubits, and it was ankle deep, and then another thousand, it was up to his knees, and then another thousand, it was waist deep, and then uh, uh, he couldn't uh, cross, he went in he was swimming, and he couldn't cross the river. Is there any significance of why he couldn't? Cross that river of water. Well, you know there is a there is a spiritual application to that 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 we have been taught and we often use of going deeper. You know, water representing the Holy Spirit, living water, and Ezekiel represents this uh, progression of depth in being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's an application from it. But but really, the text is Ezekiel uh, getting a survey of the Millennial Temple uh, and. You know, he's coming through and is having all these things revealed to him um, and really being encouraged of, of how God's restora- restorative power, uh, that time when Jesus has returned and established his kingdom, there'll be peace on this planet, and, you know, the topography changes, everything changes, and, and Ezekiel gets this tour of of him going deeper into the waters that that really is the essence of it you know it's in in Ezekiel 2 verses 4 and 5 it it is um Ezekiel gets to walk along and then go into the water and go deeper and deeper and deeper so many times we've had this my pastor taught it this way and I receive it uh that way where he's just looking at gradations by application of being deeper in the things of God and walking in obedience uh, and and having the fullness where you know if the water really does uh, represent the Holy Spirit uh, and Jesus spoke about living water gushing out from us uh, like rivers of torrent you know torrents of living water then using water in that same way it's a great picture of the depth of relationship that we can have with the Holy Spirit as we go deeper and deeper in the water um, even to the point of swimming where you know you, the water's over your head man it's just it's it's completely submerged uh, in the living water. But Ezekiel was getting a tour, 
and he's probably blown away in all that he gets to see of the Millennial Temple. And I think at that point, I, I, I gather that, um, you know, Amber Alert, uh, trusting in the, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, it really it it's a it's powerful you know it is a powerful it is not what's happening to Ezekiel right he is literally being submerged in this vision of what God is doing giving him a a tour of the millennial temple and encouraging him because remember you know as uh, when uh when Ezekiel is writing you have uh, so much historical significance surrounding him you know the Babylonians have uh, wiped out and destroyed Jerusalem. They've taken down the temple. The people are upset. They're grieving and they're mourning. They're oppressed. They're discouraged. And so prophetically, God is encouraging Ezekiel. Like chapter 47 is a deep personal encouragement to Ezekiel and 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 allowing him to be fully submerged in what God is going to do while Ezekiel is still in his present difficulty. Wow. It's amazing. Thank you so much. No, it's a great question, and I really do like the application. I've taught it a few times here where, man, don't just go ankle deep. Don't just go waist deep. Don't just go to your shoulders, man. Dive into the things of God so that you're fully submerged in what God has for you. That's that's good. That's great. Well, thank you so much, and uh, thank God uh, for uh, you as well, you know, uh, and your teaching, you know, and your uh, diligence to search out the Word and being able to expound on it and share it with the listeners. No, we're so blessed. Blessed. Happy uh, Thanksgiving. God bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. You know, he, he's, uh, it, it's, a special, um, it's a special blessing to hear Chris being uh, encouraged, you know, being saved on and receiving the Holy Spirit on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, my daughter was born on Thanksgiving. That was a special gift to us uh, on Thanksgiving uh, so many years ago, and um, you know, we when you think of how thankful Marie and I are, uh, just for our lives being saved, our marriage being saved. My little guy Eddie got to grow up in a Christian home. His mom and dad, his dad got sober. Uh, mom and dad aren't fighting uh, like that. Dad's not violent anymore. Um, and then he, then those, then mom and dad have a, have a brother, have a sister. You know, the Lord is so good to us. Um, so good to us that the the Lord is uh, faithful and encouraging. Um, and we have so much to be thankful for. You know, I was talking to Kev- Kevin too. Kevin and I have been working on, um, as I relaunched my podcast, we're trying to fix the microphone and everything, so we were talking a little bit. And, and you know, uh, I was thinking back to the 22 years of ministry here. Um, there have been a couple of episodes where my leadership lacked greatly. Uh, where, um, you know, fortunately, you know, n- nothing like stealing or taking from the church or, you know, sexual sin, nothing like that. But, um, you know, there have been times when I've been impatient. There's been times when my leadership didn't live up to uh, what, God re- what God requires. You know, my, I failed as a leader many, many times. But at the same time, I've also experienced, you know, those times of humbling and brokenness and... And I was thinking about this today, just prelude of Thanksgiving, and we have a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. 
uh, 720-if you want to text me, 720-336-0897. I almost gave the wrong number because I hosted another radio show on another station last week, and I almost I switched the numbers in my head. So this show, uh, Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. That's going to get you on the air with me. I'd love to hear from you on your way home, long weekend. Uh, The Lord is... Um, just encourage, you know, just encouraging to talk about it. But I was talking to, to Kevin a little bit in my office, just that the brokenness and humility that God has allowed in my life has actually made me a better leader, and it's made me better man. Uh, and it's it's and even the mistakes that I've made, where we're able to to look a guy in the eye and ask for forgiveness, or work through things, or grow through things. That these are the these are the formative years of of what the Lord is doing in us. And, and you've got to embrace the brokenness uh, as much as you don't want it and as much as we pray for it to leave. This is God is attracted to weakness, and God wants us in, in a state of humility and brokenness. Uh, so maybe that's you today, and you're, one, you don't have, you're, you're not... Maybe that's you today, and, and, and the Lord would have you to thank him. I, I'm thankful... Uh, for the brokenness that God's allowed. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thankful necessarily yet for the trials. I'm not thankful necessarily uh, for the pain. Uh, but the result that God has brought about, brokenness, dependence, um, it's been a good thing. 303-690-3000. Janet, Pennsylvania, welcome to the program. Hi, you want me to talk now? You're on the air. Yes, you are. Yeah. Okay, uh, I don't know how to word this. Did they explain to you what... Well, yeah, the I, best way to word it is just say it like you mean it. Yeah. All right. My daughter uh, couldn't get pregnant for many, many years, and then now she went where you pay, you know, they take the eggs out and fertilize them outside and put them in, you know. So she has, you understand, you're following me, I guess, right? Yeah, right. go ahead and... So she, so, so she had one baby in, and she's probably pregnant with a little girl right now, but there's four or five eggs that are frozen that are fertilized, and she may not want to have any more children. So my question is, what happens? I mean, they just—they they just throw the eggs away. The frozen eggs—they're all fertilized. How yeah. does God look upon that? I mean, what? I mean, I'd rather have a, have she have, she's pregnant once, let her have four more babies. You know. <laughs> you know yeah. Than, yeah. You know those those um that, that's a real challenging decision that a that a couple needs to make when they choose this route. And um I, I know that the many of the families that I've spoken to about this have have actually saved those embryos. Uh, did not have them discarded, um, but saved them and had uh, other children. Um, so, you know, obviously they've chosen this route. Uh, so in choosing this route, they've got a lot of decisions to make. Um, but if they were in my office, you know, I don't know a lot about this, um, but what I do know is that I believe in life is at conception, and um, and I, I would want them to consider life and choose life. I would want that to be the utmost uh, on their level of decision-making, uh, and you know that I, I think that that's 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 my counsel. Um, um, I have a friend that says that their nephew was one of those and quote extra embryos, and he's now six months old. Um, but he was conceived six years ago, which is pretty pretty amazing. Um, but they did wait, and they did have another child, and and that's what I would encourage them. You know, I would encourage them to follow through with. Let me say something though. She's thirty nine. Uh, yeah, you know, she waited a long time, and I, I don't think she wants to 
go, you know, she'll have a baby when she's 40. And, you know, maybe she would have one more, but... Well, I mean, they, they obviously life is full of choices, and I would encourage this couple to make their choices toward the Lord. Um, and sometimes... Well, how our, does some, how God look at that? It's some, something sort of destroyed, though. Is that like they're killing a life? Or, I mean, how does... Well, I mean, I, I, I would hope... Somebody mentioned to me that they could be adopted by a couple that maybe can't afford to yeah. do that. Well, you know? I, I know this. Um, to be consistent with my biblical theology, I believe those are humans. And I do believe that God would want us to choose life when it comes to humans that were created at conception and to be implanted into a womb, you know, to take that technology that's, that man has developed and use it for the delivering of children. And if they choose not to go that route, then they, they'll have to give account to that for God. And, and the Bible doesn't really address this kind of technology, but it does address life and I would encourage them that way. I mean, it's a heavy decision to make, um, and I, I hope that they prayed about it beforehand and as they entered into it, and I'm sure she's going to be a wonderful mom, and you never know, you know, age and all the limitations of age, you never know. Motherhood can change her mind uh, and bless her and encourage her, and she'll be so encouraged by it. But if she was asking me for counsel, that's what I'd give her. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to tell her to, to maybe let somebody adopt those other eggs that can't afford to go through this, all the expense of having this procedure done. But she said, how can I stand having me, me and my husband, our child walking around somewhere with somebody else as a parent? She said, that would bother her. I said, but doesn't it bother you destroying your babies? Their babies, once they're conceived, and, you know, and, they're, not, they're not implanted in her, only one is. And, you know, and, you know once again, uh, I have another example with that because I'm, someone's child that they gave up for adoption walking around with other parents and um, right, right, right. God was very gracious in that way. I'm grateful that that uh, my birth parents made those um, decisions because I'm here today talking to you by the grace of God. Yeah. yeah. I know, but see, my daughter, I'm I'm a born again. I, I, I raised my children little Catholics. Okay. And then I, when, I came, when I came out here, I became aware that Christ is alive in me and everything. I mean, I, be, I became born again and everything. And my my kids basically aren't aren't you know they're just like once a week go to church maybe and don't read the Bible ever you know and it's hard to sort of get them on the right track yes you know well, you know so they think I'm just, they think I'm just until unless that egg isn't put inside her it's just an egg that could be just discarded without yeah. a second thought. You know? Yeah, I mean that—that's sort of the—that—that's the mantra of the world. You know, the mantra of the world is a devaluation of human life, and so that—that that requires a lot of different definitions. It requires a lot of sidestepping of facts, and um, and we just need to pray for that your daughter would understand um, God's love for her, that He loved her so much He sent Jesus to die for her, and that you're not um, weird. In any way, you're following Jesus. You're making the best decision that could ever be made. Mm, I know. I five children aren't saved, <laughs> and, it, and it hurts so much. I'm sorry. Because I know it really hurts. You know, what are you going to do? Well, let me pray my for parents, you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. Let's do that. Father, I pray for my sister Janet and her five children, um, you know, starting, starting in this way. Um, you know, that's how it started, but... God, they can be reached, uh, and I pray that you would reach them and that you would encourage Janet and strengthen her, that she would um, trust you, as she has, but you'd increase her faith, 
trusting you with her children, lifting up to you daily, and watching and waiting for you to work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's see here. Here's a great question. Hey, Pastor Ed, this is on the text line. Uh, Is the doctrine of the Trinity an essential doctrine to the Christian faith? Uh, I'm going to say it as the doctrine of the Trinity would say it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I have a brother-in-law who seems to deny the Trinity, and Oneness Pentecostal does. They Oneness Pentecostals, uh, the most famous Oneness Pentecostal uh, is T.D. Jakes, uh, the most well-known uh, in the current time. And uh, he's equivocated many times on this, but he's a Oneness Pentecostal, and that doctrine, they, they deny the historic Orthodox view of the Trinity, and instead have replaced it with a view of modalism. And the idea of modalism is like God can only reveal himself one person at a time. So it's not that modalists uh, deny the Father, deny the Son, deny the Holy Spirit. They don't, but they redefine the Bible's teachings in that they say that when God the Father is there, that God the Son cannot be there at the same time, and God the Holy Spirit can't be there. So that when... God the Son is there, then the Father can't be there, or the Holy Spirit. Only one at a time. Think of it like a hat. Think of it like a hat, and you have three hats, but you're only you're just one person, three hats. So you put on the Father hat, that's who you are. And you take the Father off, put the Son, then you have the Son. Then you take the Son hat off, you put the Holy Spirit. You can't be more than one at a time. And the idea of modalism, exactly what it sounds, that God reveals himself in modes, not necessarily persons. But there's significant problems with that teaching. It's some of the clearest teachings of Scripture, um, you know, starting in Genesis, where God the Father's there and the Spirit of God's hovering, uh, part of the creative part. Right in Genesis, you have, you have uh, hints of the fullness of, you know, as the doctrine is revealed throughout Scripture, you have hints of the plurality of the Godhead, where you have the Father and the Holy Spirit there. But the one place that really, the, I mean, besides the doctrine of the Trinity, and by the way, I have the doctrine of the Trinity. I went through and I taught four Bible studies. And the way that I chose to do it was study number one, we taught who is God the Father. Then study number two, who is God the Son. Then study number three is who is the Holy Spirit, who's God the Holy Spirit. And then the fourth one is an understanding of the doctrine of the Trinity as God has revealed himself. And that's why we, instead of trying to tackle it like you might trying to explain the Trinity, which is still some mystery involved, like it's still finite man trying to understand infinite God. However, if we just take the Bible for what it says and allow the Bible to speak for itself, um, then you see God... The Father claims to be God. Son claims to be God. They have the attributes of God. Like together, um, each person of the Trinity claims to be God, acts as God, works as God, speaks as God, um, works together in unison together as God. It's amazing. It's a glorious doctrine. But the problem with oneness Pentecostalism is, if, and, and again, this this there is more to study on this. If you email me, I can send you some more information. But how should I dialogue with him in an effective way? Um, I would I would put the you know anyone that holds to a false teaching, I always put it on them to explain it to me. 
And then to open up the Bible, tell me what you believe and show me what you believe, and let's talk about it. I can answer anything that you say, and, and they'll take you this verse, and they take you that verse. And what I would want you to do is to take them to the baptism of Jesus Christ. That's in a very important event in the life of the Trinity. Why? Because it's at the baptism of the of it's at the baptism of Jesus Christ that we see all three persons of the Godhead at the same place at the same time. And you say, "What, Ed?" Yes, all three persons of the Godhead at the same place at the same time. You have God the Son in the water. You have God the Spirit descending upon him in the form of the do- of a dove. And then you have God the Father speaking from heaven. They're all together in one place at one time. And I would just, if, if he wants to dialogue, I would just lead him down the path of explaining what he believes. And as he explains what he believes, take good notes and begin to open up the scriptures and show him what the Bible says. All right? Great question. Text me, 720-336-0897, or you can call to be on the air, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Here's a text. Happy Thanksgiving, Pastor Ed, to you, to you and your family. We're so thankful for you, Bounding Grace Radio, Grace FM. You are welcome, and we're thankful for you too. And then the next text is, and Kevin, we're grateful for you too. Happy Thanksgiving and the whole Grace FM team, Pastor Joshua, he's the general manager, he oversees it. We've got uh, Bill Lupkeman out in New Jersey, who's been a great help to us. We have the brother at Radio by Grace, um, the Radio by Grace brother, Kevin, what's his name? Um, we were just emailing one, Tim, Tim and the team there, uh, and... And then we have, uh, I was just thinking of this. I should have these all on the top of my, I'm sorry that, um, Mike Smith over at Truth FM. Um, we have we have him. Uh, and we just have a lot of people that are grateful. You know, Giving Tuesday is coming up next week too. Um, and so we've been talking about it beforehand. And Grace FM is a great place to participate in Giving Tuesday. Um, so I want to encourage you, would you give faithfully unto the Lord through the ministry of Grace FM? Uh, would you go to gracefm.com and set up a one-time, recurring, whatever whatever you can do, uh, it will bless your community. And remember, it's not just Grace FM. So wherever you're listening to this, I, I, I'm, not, I'm asking you to support the local station that you're hearing this on. Uh, so if you're on Grace FM here in Colorado, Nebraska, Montana, or excuse me, Wyoming, maybe that's prophetic, um, Wyoming, please support Grace FM. But if you're listening to this on Radio by Grace, they need you. It is, you are listening to a radio station owned by a church, not a corporation. And as such, we have limited resources, and your resources help ministry in so many different ways. Even if there's excess at the end of the month or the end of the year, the Holy Spirit's using it uh, in great ways. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. Lines are wide open this day before Thanksgiving, and if you're listening to us anywhere but Grace FM, then that means it was last week, Thanksgiving. I hope you had a Thanksgiving. You guys listening today, I hope you will have a th- happy Thanksgiving 
And we are inviting you out tonight to our banner service. And we mean that, B-A-N-N-E-R. We want you to make a banner on a piece of paper, maybe some cardstock. Maybe it's not too late to get creative because we don't start for a couple hours. And we'll be here at 7 o'clock. Bring a pre-cut pie, drop it downstairs, then come upstairs. We're going to sing together. We're going to do a little Devo in Psalm 100 together. Uh, We're going to pray together. Um, Marie and the women's ministry are going to lead prayer tonight. And we're just going to worship God heading into the holidays. Um, Gets pretty hectic in the holidays. We have Thanksgiving with our friends, the Gutierrez, and then we go cut our tree on Friday. (laughs) What a a tradition. Maybe you have some traditions. We'd love to hear them. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Already first half is over. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program, taking your calls and your questions this day before Thanksgiving. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving everyone as you head into the holidays. The Lord bless you and encourage you and be thankful today. Um, just being just, just to put ourselves in a posture of thanksgiving, um, asking the Lord to help us uh, appreciate what the Lord is doing. Um, it, it is an important thing for us to come to God in appreciation. One of the verses that I like, and by the way, we're waiting for you to call 303-690-3000. Uh, one of the verses that I often will quote, but Often, if I'm not careful, I'll misquote it. And I wonder if you misquote it as well. It's Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And you're like, Amen, Ed. Yes, that's what that verse is for me. I, I memorized it. I quote it. But I read it wrong. For some of you, you realize I read it wrong. I purposely left out the word that often I used to forget. I don't forget anymore, but I used to. This is what the text actually says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. One of the and and what so what's being said here is that thanksgiving is an antidote for anxiety. Um, the word means to be grateful, to have gratitude, to express your thankfulness. Um, it, it, it's an expression of gratitude toward God. It is actually the word eucharistias in the Greek. And yes, uh, for those of you that have a background in Roman Catholicism, it's the Eucharist is that word. Uh, they, they just a transliteration into the English, uh, and often the Eucharist is ref, is a Roman Catholic reference to Holy Communion, uh, embodying the highest act of thanksgiving for the greatest gift received from God. It's unfortunate that our friends in Roman Catholicism, you know, that teach that Jesus is being crucified again, he's not. That the elements become the body, they don't. Um, but there is an appreciation and gratitude we have when we come to the communion table 
and ask God uh, to bless uh, and, and to bless the body and blood into our minds and our hearts. Uh, 303-690-3000, uh, Thanksgiving. Um, great question up in Gulfport, Mississippi. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey there. Hey. Hey, uh, quick question. Um, do, uh, do Orthodox Jews uh, who don't accept Christ as a Messiah, um, are, do they have uh, salvation? Do they go to heaven when they die? Yeah, that's a great question to ask. Before I answer it, uh, I'm going to ask you, what do you think? Uh, I, I say no. Uh, I mean, I, you know, uh, sadly, I mean, I pray for the Jewish people. Uh, you know, I know Messianic Jews uh, who, who do, uh, you know, affirm Christ as a Savior. You know, Paul uh, actually never rescinded his position uh, as a, a Pharisee. He uh, um, was actually still a Jew, you know, through and through, but he accepted uh, Jesus as one and only, the one and only way. And I think the Bible is pretty clear all throughout. Um, I only raise the question because I have, you know, my have a relative, and we, you know, started discussing things, and things got a little, you know, emotional. And I just, you know, tried telling him, hey, I, I think if you search the scriptures, you'll find that there's only one way, and that's through, through Jesus Christ, and that God has a plan for His people uh, in the second coming, in the second advent. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think you are um, 100% accurate. Uh, the Bible couldn't be clearer. There's salvation. There, there, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts chapter four, verse twelve, and and uh, a person. And and here's the logic. Not only the theology. We got the theology down. It's very clear. Salvation only comes through the one way, truth, and the life, Jesus. But here's the logic. The logic is. If an Orthodox Jew was correctly participating in Judaism, then that part, that correct participation in Judaism would lead them to Messiah. I mean that, exactly. And, exactly. and so you have an empty expression of worship that is not centered in truth. And any system of worship not centered in truth will not lead a person into the presence of God eternally. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you for you your call. Much. Bless you guys in Mississippi. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Back to Colorado. Daniel, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, so God has been moving in our life, my wife and, and my and our younger daughter, who's 13 months, uh, found out we're having a boy a couple weeks ago, new job the next day went under contract for a house, just things, things are moving and happening and very grateful for that. Um, but we did go to the doctor today with the, uh, with our boy who's coming and, uh, nothing, nothing too complicated, but it said that they saw a blood clot in the placenta. And Mm. I don't know all of the details, but, um, you know, it's a little scary for us. And, uh, so I've, I don't listen to the radio too often, but I've I've been listening to this channel when oh, I'm in great. the car and, and figured this is a good time to call and okay. just ask for a prayer. And, you know, I, it comes from a place of gratitude. I've been given so much, um, but just just praying to God that, you know, this 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 is OK. Have you named through. the have you named your son yet? Uh, yeah, Alexander. OK. And mom, what's mom's name? Connie. Father, we do pray right now for Connie and her body and. 
um, the protective womb that you have little Alexander in. I, I pray you'd calm her heart and mind and all the anxiety and stress uh, that this is causing upon her, God, that I just pray your peace into her life, just like the verse we just read, that I pray that she would be anxious for nothing. She would trust that boy to you, even as we are right now. And, uh, you know, it's easier to pray it through than it is to carry it through. So I pray for her as she, um, you know, as everything about her body helps this baby to grow into full term. And and I pray for little Alexander. I pray for healing. Whatever the doctors see or think they see, we pray if it's if it is there to heal it. If it's not there, reveal it. And we look forward to hearing that day when Alexander emerges from the womb and takes his first breaths and begins to live a life towards you. Uh, and so we pray for this family in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Okay, brother. Keep us up to date. Thank you. I right. will. Bye-bye. is the number, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions, uh, and and text me. We have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And I just received word... In studio here, we have no windows. We're in the middle of a building. But someone near a window said, it is snowing. And no, no, Kevin, no, we're not happy about that. No, you were not allowed to be. No, no dancing, no no chair twisting. <laughs> snowing in Colorado. We broke a record this year. I don't know if it's going to be measurable snow. Last one, we had some frost or something. wasn't wasn't measurable. Um, but... You know, as fast as the snow comes, it can go fast. It can go away faster, and it'll be okay with me. Um, but here we go. Welcome, winter. It was so freezing cold this morning. Uh, heading into the office, uh, picking up some donuts for the team. Um, wow, it's getting cold. But I love Colorado. Great place to serve the Lord. Great place to live. Um, just an honor to be here. 303-690-3000. David in Northern Colorado, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I just want, number one, I want to thank you, Pastor Ed, for your years of serving our amazing Lord. And mm. I've been on mission with him for over 45 years, ah. but one of the things I have never experienced, except in the last couple years, three years, is the animosity, conflict, and tension from your own family. Mm. Yeah. When you're talking about the Lord, you're trying to encourage them in the Lord. And I was the verse I read that Jesus speaks about how your enemies will be of your own household. I, know. I just like your approach. Well, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this intensity, but I have never experienced this. Except it's almost like, okay, Lord, we're getting closer to your return, and things are going downhill in my own family that I've never experienced before. Well, for sure, I've been blessed in in the home as we got saved together and and yoked together uh, in in our home. So, you know, I haven't experienced that to to the kind of intensity or, or really much of any intensity um, that you know maybe a, a few extended family members uh, at at first were upset or pushed back or even making fun of. But over time. Uh, God has allowed our lives and our testimony to really speak to those that were once in opposition. But between me and my wife, we've been doing well, um, and we haven't 
experience, I don't think, to the intensity you're describing. However, if I did, and if I if I needed to, if I was forced to, um, I I think I would I would want to proceed carefully and cautiously and prayerfully obeying God and not man. And that doesn't mean I'm going to neglect my home or I'm going to neglect my spouse or those that might be close to me. I don't want to neglect them, but I also have to have the right priorities. Otherwise, I'll never do anything right. If I don't have the right priorities, then all of my decisions will be askew. But if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto me. And we usually go after all the other things, but Jesus said, no, all the other things come in priority. And the highest priority of your life and mine is to seek him first. Um, And, you know, I think that another passage of scripture that comes to mind uh, when I think of those in opposition, um, let me just look it up here. It's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. So the responsibility in a, in a difficult situation between a believer and unbeliever or a believer and a backslidden believer where there's a fight and disagreement is for the mature one to avoid that argument, to literally sidestep it, to not go there, to not step into it, uh, to not um, participate in it, which you know is easier said than done. Let's be honest; um, it's easier for me to answer this question than it is for me to live the answer. Um, but we're to avoid it. We're to stay away from the arguments. We're to recognize right. that there's going to be opposition. Jesus said, "In this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world." But preferably and carefully is is what I think of, and I think of those two verses because they, they put everything else into perspective. If I'm having a bad day and I'm getting all kinds of junk when I get home and all kinds of stuff, I can look back at my day and say, well, Lord, I, I sought you first and I, I live my life unto you and I committed to you. Uh, so even anything that comes my way, I'm going to abide in you because I've done what you've asked me to do. Absolutely. Well, the, all the things you just said are the very things that I have done, serving the Lord, honoring Him. And it's when I've brought up the Word of God in a precious, kind, respectful way, that's when I've gotten the most conflict, tension. Sure. And I don't, I don't have that tension. I have peace. But I've seen some family members get mad, angry. Of course. And I can tell that they're not, they're, the enemy is throwing some darts to get them off track from their own relationship with the Lord. So I'd appreciate the prayers because right. I've never had anything this crazy ever okay. in all these 45 years of ministry. Well, Father, I pray for David. It, I do see what he sees, uh, an increase of tension, frustration, division, uh, even and especially among our own those that we are closest to, those in our own homes. And so I pray for him, God, as he, from his own lips, confesses that it's never been like this before. And not only is it not not only God is he experiencing the pain of the situation, but also the newness and the surprise of it all. But I pray you'd give him strength. Even Jesus' brothers changed their minds later on. The very ones that said he was out of his mind were the very ones that followed him unto their own martyrdom death. Uh, and I pray for that. Not necessarily the end part, but I do pray for that radical change in d- those that are close to David through the testimony of his life, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move on to Nerman on line two in Georgia. Nerman, welcome to the program. Hey, God bless you, brother. How you doing? Good. How are you? Awesome, man. Hey, I was just, uh, just so encouraged. I listen to you all the time. And, oh, it's great. Uh, so I wanted to ask you about Proverbs 16, man. Okay. Um, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe God shows us to salvation before the foundation of the world. And I also believe we chose to yield our life to him. So my question is, Proverbs 16, 1, the preparation of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And later on, um, a man's heart devises his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Could you please expand upon how God's sovereignty just works in us? Well, it's a great question. It's, it, it does have some mystery to it, right? How the sovereignty of God um, cooperates with the free will of man and accomplishes the purpose of God according to his foreknowledge. I mean, it's a super challenging, uh, epic, mind-blowing thing that we try to figure out, which we just can't figure out. This is an attribute of God that is unknowable personally. We can know about it, and we can experience him in his triune, um, in, in his triunity. Uh, we can enjoy him, but to understand his ways, this is one of those, those examples, I think, where God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. Um, but when you think of this verse, um, a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps, uh, we, wanna, we want to remember that it comes to us in a book that's known as poetic language, right? They, these verses go together, um, oftentimes in the, in the Psalms and sometimes in the Proverbs. Um, the author will use um, lines that will that will help us understand the fullness of his, um, the point that he's trying to make. And so uh, let me, I had it up here, but now it's gone. So let me get it back up uh, to my computer here. And let's see here. Um, so you, you kind of look at these little um, snippets that he has. Better is a little righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. And, and what I believe is being described here is how we so often have our mind made up of what we want to do for the Lord, what we're going to do for the Lord, uh, how we're going to serve the Lord, how we are. And the emphasis is on we and I. And, and you know, we, we plan our ways. Um, we plan, that, let's say that someone says, you know, I, I, I want to be married by 30. And, and now they're 31. You go, well, it didn't happen. It must not be will of God. No, not necessarily, because a man plan, man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord's going to direct your steps. If he wants you married, you'll be married. If he wants you single, you'll be single. Uh, and so we, we need to allow the overruling power of God to be manifest in our lives so that even if we have made up our minds about something, we are still flexible and open to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit so that he can direct us. Um, another great passage to that has the same language is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and what will he do? He will direct your paths. It's very similar to what we just read. Uh, the Lord is going to direct us. We have all kinds of plans. Uh, we, we have all kinds of ideas of what the future is going to be, but we have no idea. 
Um, we, we can present our plans to the Lord. We can have great plans, but we need to follow the direction of the Lord. That's wonderful, man. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm just um, encouraged by that. And you know, people talk about uh, Jesus was crucified by the Jews. The Jews chose to do that to him, and God had foreordained it before the foundation of the world. And like you said earlier, uh, that's that's the mystery of of the sovereignty of God. So yes. That's, that's I mean, awesome. and, and, you know, it is hard. I think theologians have blown their their minds trying to figure it out, where how, how can the sovereignty of God and the free will of man coexist? And so people try to explain it away. Well, man's not really free. Um, he's not really, he's bound by sin, and he's not really free. There's no freedom in man. Well, that doesn't make any sense. If there's no freedom in man... Um, then, then who holds? How, how if there's no f- built-in freedom to choose for or against God, built and baked into a human being, then who do we hold accountable for Adam's sin in the garden? When yeah. you think about that, who do you hold accountable for Adam's sin? Oh, that's Adam. One hundred percent. Why? Yes. Because that was his decision, mm. and. And so God in his sovereignty actually held back and allowed Adam and Eve, you know, Eve as well, but Adam's held responsible for a very important theological truth, right? God even turns this around uh, for his good because, and for the good of humanity because he turns it around and says, this is, this is, this is going to be used for the salvation of many because of the testimony of Christ, and he's the last Adam. You know, you have the first Adam and the last Adam, and you just never know what God's going to do in your relationships and what God's going wanting to accomplish, um, you know, what, whatever, relationships, direction, life choices. Um, but the fact that God would condescend to our level, absolutely. Uh, we see the greatest example of that of the sending of the second uh, person of the Trinity, God the Son, to the earth. That, if that wasn't condescending to humanity's levels, I don't know what else to say. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's that's awesome, man. Um, I, I just love how you illustrated that and left reservation for um, we're not ever going to figure out God and you know try to contain Him. So that's that's awesome. That's a that's a great question. It was one of the verses too that popped out when I was a new believer many years ago. I just loved it because it it's it's like the story of my life. You know, I, I'm full of ambition. I'm full of vision, and I have all kinds of desires, but I want—I don't want—I I don't want that for my life. I, I want what God wants for my life, truly. Yeah. Um, I don't always yield to it. Sometimes I rebel. Sometimes I'm dumb and I sin. But I know in my heart of hearts, I want what God wants, and and I pray in that direction. I don't want what my heart wants. Uh, my heart can be deceitfully wicked. It can be deceitfully selfish and covetous. <clears throat> And, and I don't want that for my life. I want God's best. And, you know, we were saying earlier in the show in the first half, um, lately God's best in my life has been incredible brokenness and pain. And, yes. you know, I don't, if you and I, 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 when I teach the church here, I'm like, you know, if, if God gave us a calendar, just seven days, he said, you know what, uh, you know what, bro, uh, Nerman, you can, you can write the next seven days of your life. You know, nothing outrageous, you know, not millionaire. Just write the seven next day. Which day would you say, which day, Nerman, I mean, straight up honest, which day of the seven days would you put, this will be the worst day of my life? 
None. <laughs> exactly. None of us would. We'd do the best day, and then Tuesday be the better day, and the best day. We'd have seven best days of our lives just because that's how we are. And mm. and it's in some of it's some of the worst days actually end up in the hands of God being the best days as we see the finished, you know, we see the developing work of the Holy Spirit inside of us, making us who we'd be unwilling, we'd be unwilling to do that. And so we yield ourselves to the sovereignty God and we trust that he is unshaken and he knows what's best and that he works all things together for the good. You know, and that's the thing with people that, that when it comes to pain and suffering, they don't trust the sovereignty of God, but they do trust the sovereignty of God when he says, um, God works all things together for the good, and you got to take them all. God, it's all, it's all. You you take the whole word to develop the whole disciple. Well, Pastor, could you um could you pray for me because I have a I had two slip disc in my back about oh, six months man. ago, and the Lord has uh, had me on my back and believing for healing and with okay. everything in me, the Holy Spirit is keep directing me and saying I'm not done with the impurities mm. in you yet. And he's given me the—I have the option to keep yielding and remain here until everything is fulfilled, until the whole refining fire is done, Mm. or to ask out. And I've genuinely, by the grace of God, said, Lord, keep me here until you refine every impurity in me that you want to do. Father, I pray for my brother Nerman in Georgia. I pray, God, that you would continue that finished— that finishing work, Lord, that polishing work, like my um, my my friend Danielle, who's a potter, and she does all that working, and she takes the raw piece of clay and and forms it, fashions it, cuts it, shapes it, molds it, then puts it into the fire to fire it, and then brings it out for those finishing touches. And I don't know where. Nerman is in the process, but I do pray that you would use this pain, this incessant pain in his body to um, bring about that sanctifying work of your spirit and that you would protect him, Lord. You'd protect him from bitterness. You would protect him from hopelessness. You would protect him from drug abuse that he wouldn't get hooked on any of the pain medications, or, or even now, by faith, God, that he would not need the heavy pain medications, that other non-addictive things would help. And, and more than anything, God, whether it be through human means, supernatural means, all healing comes from you. I pray that you would heal this man so that, Lord, it would, these discs would be a testimony of your faithfulness, and he would look back and be able to tell others, you know, your word says that you're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And and why? So that we might comfort others in what they're going through. And so I just pray that into my brother's life all the way out in Georgia. Bless him, encourage him, strengthen him. And we look forward to hearing, God, the faithfulness of your life and your work and your commitment to him lived out by testimony of his lips and his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, Rich in Denver, we've got like one minute, so let's try this in one minute. Hey, Pastor Ed, hey, happy Rich. Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Uh, the question I had was why Jesus felt the need to turn over his mom to the disciple that he loved, John, rather than having his siblings that he already had 
uh, taker at that time? Yeah, that's a great question that the Bible actually just doesn't answer. Um, it doesn't say anywhere why he chose John over his brothers or any of that. However, I do think that you, you know, even though the Bible doesn't directly address it, I do think you touched on something that I would explore, and that is this love relationship that John had, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And love, you know, leads to trust, and trust leads to, hey, would you take care of my mom? And, you know, there's a lot of could-ofs that we would just be guessing and speculating, but perhaps John already had a care of a relationship. Perhaps John favored uh, in his life um, ministering to Mary and uh, ministering to her, and Jesus saw that. I mean, um, you know, there's just some people that 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 gravitate in that compassionate, merciful, loving care. Um, but you know, the Bible doesn't say. It's a great question, though. Sure, as well. I appreciate it, and uh, God bless. Okay, Rich. Bye bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of the show today. Come out tonight. You are invited. Uh, you, we want you here. Make the drive. Start a tradition. Come celebrate Thanksgiving with Calvary. Pick up a pie along the way. Uh, make a banner. Let's celebrate. Even if you don't have a banner, come in the house of the Lord in an atmosphere of thanksgiving and let the Lord encourage you. I know some of you think you have nothing to thank God about, and I'm sorry it's so hard for you right now. But I know as you turn your eyes toward the Lord, so much appreciation and love will well up. Calvaryco.church, 7 p.m., calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.